Life, Hope, and Truth presents The World to Come, What It Will Be Like Written and presented by Eric Jones Produced by The Church of God, a worldwide association The Fifth Commandment Honor Your Father and Your Mother The Fifth Commandment was designed by God to maintain and protect the family. The family unit, the basic building block of any stable society, should provide all people with love, stability, care, and a solid foundation on which to build their lives. Under Christ's rule, this commandment will serve as a central building block in the restoration of families and society. In Isaiah 65 verse 21, we read that the millennium's first generation— those who survive the Great Tribulation, will have peaceful conditions in which to build houses and inhabit them. And according to verse 23, they shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble, for they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. The many children who are born will be blessed with long, healthy lives for obeying this commandment, according to verse 20. Having loving, stable families and a godly education will lead to a wonderful result. Isaiah 55 verse 13, Great shall be the peace of your children. Parents will learn to be good examples to their children of living in harmony and building a home together. Today, many who suffer mental health issues, such as depression, anxiety, substance abuse, etc., were abused as children, often by a parent. Having healthy families led by mother and fathers living by God's law will create a world with radically better mental health. Society's entire culture, from top to bottom, will be transformed to be safe for children. Once God's laws permeate society, no longer will crime and kidnapping be the concern they are now. Instead of parents worrying about their children and guarding them from dangers, they will send them to play safely in the streets, free from concern. We read about that in Zechariah 8, verse 5. No longer will parents or children need to fear predators, either human or animal. Instead, the happy laughs and shouts of playing children will fill neighborhoods. Some of their most joyous play, in fact, will be with formerly dangerous animals. We'll learn more about that later in this booklet. Imagine a world where families are balanced, loving, and strong, and where children grow up with the best foundation possible. The effects of such families will reverberate across generations as stable, godly children grow into stable, godly adults and in turn build stable, godly families. This dynamic will be one of the greatest causes of the peace and security the world will enjoy. The Sixth Commandment You Shall Not Murder The Sixth Commandment not only instructs us to value and preserve human life, it teaches us that we are not even to hate others. Its intent is to teach us to love one another. Today, hatred causes so much of the world's pain. Wars, crimes, broken relationships, violence, and prejudice. Hatred is a main reason we have always lacked peace and why we won't have peace until a fundamental change occurs in human hearts. Consider the consequences of obeying this commandment on a national level. When people begin to trust that they can live in safety and that national aggression is the way of the past and no longer allowed, one of their first actions will be dismantling militaries and weapons of warfare. We read about that in Isaiah 2 verse 4. 
They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. In modern terms, this means the weapons of warfare, like guns, ammunition, missiles, explosives, and tanks, will be disassembled and their raw materials converted into implements for agricultural production. Weaponry designed to kill will be converted into devices to sustain human life. Military training centers will close and be repurposed. Most people have never experienced that kind of culture. It's impossible to know how many have died in wars throughout human history. But it's estimated that 108 million plus died in the 20th century wars alone. Of course, war's impact goes far deeper. Consider some of the consequences of warfare. It robs society of the potential of the young men and women who die for their country. It lowers birth rates, increases the number of widows and orphans, destroys infrastructure and agriculture, brings famine, and results in long-term post-traumatic stress. What effects will ending warfare and violence have on people? Micah prophesied in Micah 4 verse 4, But everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. People will live in peace and safety, free from the terrors of war, crime, and violence. This will apply to even the most vulnerable members of our society, unborn children. Abortion, a violation of the Sixth Commandment, will become a relic of the past. Under Christ, eventually no one will fear harm because everyone will value and protect human life. Instead of hating others because of their race or ethnicity or appearance or language, people will learn to love, appreciate, and value others. People will learn to not even think evil in your heart against your neighbor, according to Zechariah 8 verse 17. Imagine a world where all forms of violence, from nations waging war on other nations to children bullying others, will not be tolerated because the dominant feature of the world's culture under Christ's rule will be godly love and concern. The Seventh Commandment You Shall Not Commit Adultery The Seventh Commandment prohibits adultery, but its principles extend much farther to all forms of sexual infidelity. This commandment is meant to govern all aspects of human sexuality by protecting the sanctity of the God-ordained institution of marriage between one man and one woman, as we read in Genesis 2 verse 24. God designed marriage as a type of His loving and faithful family in which we can produce godly offspring, according to Malachi 2 verse 15. Yes, his gift of marriage has been under attack for many years, mostly due to the beguiling idea of sexual freedom. Truth is, that idea has caused untold suffering and cultural instability, as so many problems plaguing people today stem from breakdowns in the family structure. Millions of children grow up in single-parent households due to either being born out of wedlock or having their parents divorce. Divorce dumps many negative pressures on children, including increased psychological problems, depression, anxiety, and decreased academic performance. Studies also show that 70% of those in the prison systems come from broken families. These are only a few of the many damaging consequences. But under Christ's rule, marriage will be treasured and safeguarded. The truth of Hebrews 13 verse 4 will form the basis of a new cultural view of sex and marriage. Hebrews 13 verse 4 reads, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, 
but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Teaching people how to have a happy marriage will be a priority. Sex will occur within the safety of the sacred marriage covenant, not only strengthening the marital bonds, but leading to generations of secure and emotionally nourished children. Instead of millions of children being born into ill-equipped and unprepared home environments, from their beginning they will be in stable, nuclear families with a father and mother who eagerly awaited their arrival. As godliness increases, problems such as sexually transmitted infections, unwanted pregnancies, abortion, and rape will no longer be the problems they are today. Sex will no longer be used to peddle pornography or illicit products or as forms of selfish entertainment. Imagine, a world where marriage is nurtured and protected and sex is enjoyed only within the marital bond. Marriages will be strong and children will be raised within the safety of the God-ordained family unit. The Eighth Commandment, You Shall Not Steal The Eighth Commandment prohibits all forms of theft, but its core spiritual intent is to promote giving, a word that summarizes God's way of life. Stealing has always been one of humanity's biggest evils. We spend vast amounts of money annually on many forms of theft protection. Locks, building security systems, cyber and information security software, fraud prevention and detection products, policing, the list goes on and on. On a larger scale, nations build militaries to protect their own territory or to take it from another country. History's deadliest war, World War II, essentially started due to Hitler taking other nations' land. Many wars have this basic sin as their cause, taking something that isn't one's own. See James 4 verse 1. But under Christ's rule, stealing will become an increasingly rare vestige of the past. According to Isaiah 32 verse 18, people will live in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places. They won't fear thieves. People will respect others' property because of learning to love their neighbor as themselves. Consider the economic impact of ending theft. Since companies won't need to invest millions in security systems, their costs will decrease significantly, leading to lower prices. It will transform workplace relationships. Employers will no longer need to use surveillance to see if their employees are stealing, nor will employees need to worry their employer will cheat them. Pickpockets, robbers and thieves, kidnappers and human traffickers, no one given to such sins will be allowed to practice these evil ways. As people internalize the Eighth Commandment, Ephesians 4 verse 28 will characterize the world's culture. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. In fact, most of the world today practices another, seemingly unnoticed form of theft by neglecting to tithe to God. The Bible labels not tithing as a form of stealing from God himself in Malachi 3 verse 8. In the millennium, people will learn to tithe to God, which will be one of the causes of the abundant physical blessings the earth will eventually enjoy. Imagine, living in a world without locks on doors or bars on windows, without need of passwords or security systems. With the anxiety and fear of theft gone and the focus on giving to others, just imagine how people will live more relaxed and peaceful lives. The Ninth Commandment You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. 
The ninth commandment instructs us not to lie. Its spiritual intent is that we learn to be completely honest in everything we say and in how we live. Lying has always permeated the world. Politicians lie to get elected. Advertisers lie to sell products. Governments issue propaganda to deceive their citizens. It seems that everybody lies. Often it's to cover up sins or to make someone appear better than he or she is in reality. Sometimes it's to hurt others and damage their reputation. People even tell quote-unquote white lies thinking it will benefit others. Religions lie to their adherents, usually unintentionally, by preaching false doctrines. In Proverbs 6 verses 16 through 19, God listed lying among the seven things he hates, and no liar will be allowed in his family, according to Revelation 21 verse 8. One of the reasons he hates lying is because it engenders a culture of mistrust and cynicism. It's a major reason many relationships, including marriages, are destroyed. Referring to the standards of the millennium, Zechariah prophesied in Zechariah 8 verse 16, These are the things you shall do. Speak each man the truth to his neighbor. Give judgment in your gates for truth, justice, and peace. Truth will eventually characterize the speech of all people, starting with Israel. Zephaniah 3 verse 13 the remnant of Israel shall do no unrighteousness and speak no lies, nor shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. Christ will require honesty from all levels of society. Honesty will transform business transactions. No longer will anyone have to worry about being lied to or defrauded by those in supervisory roles or those trying to sell inferior products to them. Lengthy, complex contracts and the lawyers required to defend them will no longer be necessary. People will no longer swear to assure that they are speaking the truth. Instead, they will simply give their word. As cynicism and weariness about the claims of others disappear, a culture of trust will develop. Imagine a world where true and honest words are spoken, transforming the culture and strengthening human relationships. Trust, a key element of strong relationships, can only be built when people consistently speak truthfully and honestly. The Tenth Commandment You Shall Not Covet The Tenth Commandment deals directly with our thoughts and intentions. It shows that God is not concerned just about our outward actions, but also about our hearts. Coveting, which is yearning and lusting for something that's not ours, is at the root of nearly all other sins. Consider all the negative impacts of coveting in our world. Sexual immorality comes from covetous lust. People engage in casual sex, watch pornography, and cheat on their spouses because of coveting. Theft is the ultimate consequence of coveting somebody else's property. Lying often comes from coveting the approval of others. Many people reject God's Sabbath because they covet the profits of working on Saturday. Coveting can lead us to idolize things we desire. Colossians 3 verse 5 tells us that covetousness is idolatry. Coveting also drives the world's economic and political systems, and it causes wealth to be accumulated by the few. And on the national level, wars occur because countries covet land, resources, and power. Applying this law will totally change the world's culture of covetousness to one of contentment. People will learn, as Paul said he learned in Philippians 4 verse 11, in whatever state I am, to be content.
Coveting wealth and all the evils that come from the lust of money will no longer drive any nation's economy. People will learn to work hard and enjoy the fruits of their labor, but not in a system that creates vast income disparities and tensions between regular workers and greedy business owners, nor in a system that allows the unmotivated to live off of the labor of others. The teaching and enforcement of the Tenth Commandment will fashion an economy that works for the benefit of everyone and one in which everyone benefits from his or her work. Many other societal problems will disappear as people learn to be content with what they have and rely on God for what they don't have. They will discover that contentment brings true happiness. Imagine a world not driven by greed and materialism, where people work for what they have and are content with the blessings God gives them. Instead of coveting, people will desire to give and share. This change alone will transform people's hearts and minds and transform society into a safer and happier place to live. A New Heart and Mind In this chapter, we've explored how the Ten Commandments alone, when taught and practiced throughout the world, will bring about monumental changes. Space doesn't permit examining how all the other aspects of God's law will further change society. We hope you will continue thinking about the many other positive effects that will result from following God's way of life. But it won't be God's law alone that will cause the transformation. The Ten Commandments by themselves cannot change the human heart. Ancient Israel had God's law, yet constantly sinned and suffered. The problem wasn't with the law, but with the people. So another element is necessary to truly change the human heart, one God explained through the prophets Ezekiel and Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31 verse 33. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Jeremiah 31 verse 33. Ezekiel 11 verses 19 through 20. Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take the stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. The missing dimension is a new covenant relationship with God and the help of His Holy Spirit. It's only through receiving the Holy Spirit that one can have God's laws written on his or her heart and mind. It's that spiritual mind that helps us, from the core of our being, to internalize and live by the Ten Commandments. In order to enter a new covenant relationship with God, one has to repent of his or her sins, be baptized, and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Those who have done this, who have entered into a new covenant relationship with God, are, today, writing his laws on their hearts and in their minds. But that group of people has always been a very tiny minority. The vast majority of the world is spiritually blinded, according to the scriptures, such as John 12 verse 40, Romans 11 verse 7, and 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. And a person cannot develop a spiritual relationship with God until that veil of blindness is removed, according to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 14. But the good news is that after Christ returns, he will begin removing that blindness from all people. As we learned in chapter 4, he will begin with Israel. They will respond and enter into a new covenant relationship with him, 
and then model for the entire world what a truly converted nation is like. Isaiah wrote about the removal of this veil of deception in Isaiah 25 verse 7, And he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. Spiritual deception will fade as all nations are drawn to God the Father through Jesus Christ. As individuals respond to God's calling, they will receive His Holy Spirit and have the Ten Commandments written on their hearts and minds. Their lives will be transformed by the renewing of their minds and they will obey God's law from the heart. The teaching of God's law, combined with the working of His Spirit to convert the hearts of human beings, is what will transform this world from a place where sin and suffering are universal to a wonderful world characterized by righteousness and peace. Sidebar. The nature of animals will be changed. Isaiah wrote two inspiring prophecies that have become iconic images of millennial peace, the nature of wild animals being changed. These prophecies teach wonderful lessons about the millennium. Isaiah 11, verses 6 and verse 8. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. Here we see three carnivorous animals, wolves, leopards, and lions, dwelling peacefully with three herbivores, lambs, goats, and calves, as well as venomous snakes posing no danger to human beings. Of course, this doesn't occur in the world today. Carnivores eat animal flesh out of necessity for survival. Their digestive systems are designed for meat. Their sharp teeth are designed for ripping and tearing the flesh they need for food. Herbivores, on the other hand, are designed quite differently to digest plants, from the shape of their flat grinding teeth to the bacteria and enzymes their systems produce for breaking down plant matter, to their long intestinal tracts for nutrient absorption. The point is this. Animals like wolves, leopards, and lions eat meat because that is their nature. Humans have tried to tame wild carnivores with limited success, but they still must be handled with caution as their inherent aggressive nature can reappear at any time, especially when they feel threatened. Notice these words from Dr. Mark Beekoff, a former professor of biology and ecology at the University of Colorado. Quote, When you've got these hardwired behavior patterns, like predatory behavior or hunting or maternal behavior or anti-predatory behavior, it doesn't take much to trip them. And I myself was almost killed by a mountain lion and almost killed by a wolf because I did something unbeknownst to me that triggered something really hardwired in their brain. The animal does what the animal does. From the article, Their Natural Born Killers, Wild Animals in Captivity Inherently Dangerous, ABC News, April 13, 2009. But Isaiah's prophecy shows us that what man cannot do, God can. After Christ returns, he will transform the nature and anatomy of wild predators. Formerly dangerous and deadly beasts will become docile and playful animals, posing no harm to anyone. This will actually be a restoration of how life was in the Garden of Eden. Isaiah 65 verse 25 shows that carnivores' digestive systems will be changed, allowing them to be nourished by peaceful means. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, 
The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Imagine a world where all animals are tame and safe. Imagine children rolling in the grass playing with a lion or a bear, the same way they might play today with a house dog. Imagine a little baby giggling as a cobra slivers around the child, tickling its skin, but doing absolutely no harm. This vision will be a reality in the world to come. But changing the nature of animals teaches us another important truth. Peace can only come when a miraculous change of nature occurs. Just as wildlife will live peaceably only when the nature of predatory animals is changed, humanity will only live peaceably when the nature of human beings is changed. The greatest dangers we face today are not from wildlife, but from other human beings. Why? Because human nature is carnal and resists God's law of love. Carnal human nature can only be tamed by the miraculous change of mind that comes from God's Holy Spirit according to Romans 5, verse 5 and Romans 8, verse 6. When the nature of men and women is transformed by God's Spirit writing His laws on their hearts and minds, humans, too, will finally have peace. Thanks for listening. For the next chapter of this booklet, continue with Episode 7 of The World to Come, What It Will Be Like.